See? What did I say? The Winchester's just over there. Over where? Over there. Just over there, over the 20 garden fences. What's the matter, David? I'm taking a shortcut before. You've got red on you. Hey guys, it's John, and welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. Have we got a good one for you today? My buddy Jack stops back by in the show, and this time we chew on some great British humor and marvel at the extremely well put together Zomcom flick. Of course, I meet Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead. Horror and comedy. Such a great mix when done right, and this movie does it in spades. I love this movie. It has so many callbacks and layers woven into the script, which was written by Wright himself and the star, Mr. Sean himself, Simon Pegg. And talk about rewatchability. There is always something new to catch when I see this film. I mean, every single time. You know, when I'm not too busy laughing my ass off, there are so many references. I don't know if Jack and I got to all of them, but we sure tried. If you'd like to follow more closely on what we do here on the show, please find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at BSP Film Podcast. Drop us a rating, a comment, give us some feedback, move suggestions, whatever. Okay, all right, enough plugging. Let's get to the flick. So grab Liz, grab Mum, come on down to the Winchester, grab a pint, and relax as we go over the super funny zombie comedy, Shaun of the Dead. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. They caught a shark, not the shark. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Wake up. We're tonight's entertainment. Get some serious gourmet. Shoot! I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I you. You're gonna do something or just stand there and bleed. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Here's Johnny! folks welcome back to blood sweat and popcorn today we have sean of the dead fucking love this movie um i am once again graced with the presence of jack how you doing good how are you i am wonderful i enjoyed this film a lot yeah i this is a film i can never get tired of watching (laughs) that that and hot fuzz i feel tremendous great Um, both great you know, it's the first of the great Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy. Um, uh, sadly, the last one in this in the trilogy, the World's End, didn't really uh, didn't really hit the same push the same buttons as Hot Fuzz and Sean of the Dead did. Agreed. But uh, but so, what's so great about Sean of the Dead is it, it's so full of of tying up things and calling back to his previous things and we're going to talk about those um and we open up uh we open up at the winchester and and it's winchester is a one of the most prominent it's like its own character almost in this film Mm -hmm. and um we open up and sean is uh sean's kind of just spaced out you know we did we get to learn a lot about sean as as a as a person how relatable he is as someone without a lot of direction Someone with a, a lot of uh, um, purpose and ambition, and and in our own way, I feel like we all have those moments, those pockets in our lives where we're like, I feel like we're kind of stuck, right? And 
this film's really not about the zombies. It's really about Sean mm-hmm. and, and him developing his, his finding his purpose. And um, so we have we have Sean, and um, he's kind of stuck in this bit quagmire of mediocrity, and he's kind of happy or he's seemingly content with his, his situation. And his he's and we talked to his his girlfriend Liz, and uh, yeah, what do you think when this film opened up? What, what was your initial you know reaction? Uh, I think it does a really great job of introducing you to all the main characters just right off the jump and all of their motivations, basically. Like, you learn, you know, Sean is directionless, his friend is a useless slacker, his girlfriend is mad at him, her two friends are dickheads. Like, you learn pretty quickly everybody's, the gist of everybody's character right off the jump. Sean. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I know he's your best friend, but you do live with him. I know. It's not that I don't like Ed. Ed, it's not that I don't like you. What? Just be nice if we could. Fuck. Spend a bit more time together. Bollocks. Just the two of us. Cock it. It's just with Ed here, it's no wonder I always bring my flatmates out, and then that only exacerbates things. What do you mean? Well, you guys hardly get on, do you? Now, what does exacerbate mean? It means, um, to make things worse. Right. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't like David and Di, you know. Guys, it's not that I don't like you. Right. And it's not that I don't want to spend time with you, because I do. It's just, Ed doesn't have too many friends. Can I get any of you cunts a drink? Yeah, Liz, Sean's girlfriend, wants more from life. And Sean's trying to reassure her things will change. And little does he know, <laughs> little do they all know, that they will uh, invariably change pretty, pretty soon. And um, But back to like your whole, like, op- your point, Ali, we meet not only the characters by name and by face, by where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Ed, Sean's um, flatmate, who's really just uh, near to well, is kind of like... The, the the slacker like you say and he's like can I offer wait wait can I get any of you cunts another drink <laughs> it's like that's just very classy <laughs> as as you do uh, what I like in the opening opening sequence um, with the credits rolling is uh, you see some of the people you're gonna see later you see Mary the shopkeeper or the the, the cashier mm-hmm. who Leon appears in the backyard um, I like the the quick cut uh, a technique that Edgar Wright uses on his uh, on all, almost all of his movies, he has this quick yeah shots, like zooming in and zooming out, and, and just like some it, he adds uh, a flair of the dramatic to the mundane. He good good point, and it's just like it says a lot of information very quickly. You know, Sean's getting ready for work and what have you, and um, that's our first time we see that. Um, and, you know, he's getting ready for work, and, and Ed's on the couch, you know, playing video games. And I like that bit where before Sean even gets ready for work, he he, he comes out, and he's walking like a zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a great setup for, for the things <clears throat> to come. And uh, my cat's really enjoying your company. Yeah, yeah, I've got a friend over here as, <laughs> uh, as we're talking. Um, all you listeners, Otto is now on the table, staged right in front of Jack, and he's just letting Jack just... <laughs> 
getting pets and, and getting attention, Otto couldn't be happier. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you hear purring, it's not me. <laughs> Are we sure? Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, I like how... So Ed's sitting on the couch, and um, my neighbor's water's going off now. I have lots of fun background noise. We're going to have... Oh, it's going to be great. I love recording in a small apartment because you get to hear everything. Yeah, for sure. It really sets the atmosphere and the tone. Um, I'm an everyman, just like Sean. Uh, I have a little bit more ambition than Sean does. Um, Sean sits on the couch, and, and before he, it's like player two has entered the game, and then it's like, haven't you got work? <laughs> player two has left the game. Player two has entered the game. When you got work, Player two has left the game. Quite a quick cut sequence happens. He gets ready, and we also meet the other roommate, flatmate Pete, who is very not much not a fan of both Ed and Sean's treatment of Ed. Mm-hmm. How Sean kind of lets Ed walk all over him, and how the advantages that. Ed takes with kind of just, you know, squatting in their in their right. place, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> you know, just the simple things, the simple tasks that both Pete and Sean ask Ed to take care of. Ed just can't be bothered. I'm not saying it was you. I know, man. I'm saying it was Ed. Right. I can't live like this. Yeah. Just look at the state of it. We're not students anymore. Pete. I mean, it's not like he even brings any real money into the house. Well, he brings a bit. What? Dealing drugs? Oh, he sells a bit of weed every now and again, you know? You've sold part. Yeah, once, at college, to you. Well, look, I've known him since primary school, you know? I like having him around, he's a laugh. Well, because he can impersonate an orangutan. Fuck a doodle do. Oh, leave him alone. All right, I admit, he can be pretty funny on occasion. Like that time we stayed up all night drinking apple schnapps and playing Tekken 2. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? That was five years ago. When's he going home? To include, you know, Liz, who wants to do something, you know, besides go to the Winchester every night, drinking herself to death, you know, is, is asking Sean to take some, some forward progress, some forward steps, and Sean's like, I'm going to set up a dinner. And Liz calls to remind him to do, to do that, and... Sean completely misses misses the misses of the moment, and goes off to work. Before he goes to work, is this is great? The first of two great one shot takes of his routine. He goes mm-hmm. leaves the front door, waves goodbye to Pete as he heads out to work. Walks over to the shop, and it's almost beat for beat what's to come later after the uh, the apocalypse begins. Goes to the shop, gets you know gets a, a soda or something, and and he goes off to work. And what's funny is, on the you keep hearing you keep hearing the uh, the in the background these little radio reports, news reports of you know the American space probe crashed down to Earth mm-hmm. and all these little nuggets. That, and then when he's in the shop buying a soda from oh, I forget the shopkeeper's name. Um, he sees he quickly glances at the headlines and it's all this doom and gloom, doomsday stuff about this probe and space stuff and. Uh, before he really goes, gets uh, gets a good look at it. He goes off to work, 
and he sees people getting sick. You know, a lot of people are out sick from work today to include Sean's boss, so now that's why he has to give the little morning brief to all the rest of the co-workers we meet. Noel, his prick co-worker who's completely <laughs> rude to Sean. Um, and it's funny, if you listen to when Noel is getting the phone call while Sean's trying to talk to everybody, he's, the guy he's talking to is talking about trying to buy weed off of Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good little little through, through point there. And we get the icon- iconic line, you've got red on you. Um, first from first from Noel, what I, what I really like about this scene is as much as a, as a prick as Noel is, he's only 17 years old, you know, and he kind of challenges Sean on, on his staple in life. And he's like, look, man, I don't want to be here forever. I got things I want to do. And Noel asks him, when? And Sean doesn't have an answer for him. <laughs> Sean has nothing to say. So, so, what, so where do you feel Sean's at right now? Like as as a person, like he's he's getting cornered, he's getting basically his shit pushed in by this seventeen year old kid, you know, and not just any any seventeen year old kid, but a fucking asshole. Yeah, the douchebag kid. Right. What's your what where, where do you see? What do you think of Sean at this point in time? It's interesting how they <clears throat> you don't spend generally in the hero's journey story a lot of time. before the start of that journey you know what I mean but this movie spends a lot of time setting up the fact that Sean is directionless he's kind of a pushover Uh, he's not really a leader type guy not really a take charge kind of person Uh, and a lot of that you know comes from this scene as well which I also like because if you've ever worked retail that whole morning meeting thing is very familiar to you and they shoot it really well and it's hilarious you know speaking of retail we cut to Sean is trying to uh Sell some customers on some TVs. And of course, what's on, what's on all the TVs? All yeah, these news reports. Zombie shit. <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, the same things on every channel. Still and not paying any attention to it. No, whatsoever. totally oblivious to what's really. He starts looking at things, starts noticing that people are outside falling over. And, yeah, there's uh, so much great shit happening in the background everywhere. You know, uh, zombies biting people or people getting sick. And just, you know, it's it's out of focus. And he's clearly not paying any attention to it. But it's all happening in the background. And it's, it's ha- great. It's evolving right <clears throat> in, in real time mm-hmm. right around him. So Philip, his stepdad, Sean's stepdad, visits. And um, built, played brilliantly by Bill Nye. Genius and, role for and, him. And uh, and it's not it's not much work for Bill Nye to do here, but he doesn't need that much. He kind of just can play the disappointed father figure pretty well, and and there's always that 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 tense tense resistance because Sean's like, "You're not my real dad," blah blah blah. Right, right, right. And Sean's 29; and he's still hanging on to that, so he hasn't evolved his relation relationship with this guy. Like I think most guys reaching 30 would have done, mm-hmm, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <clears throat> the situations dictate; not everyone's the same, but he reminds a. Uh, he reminds Sean about meeting his mom and bring the flowers he brought uh, that he forgot to bring for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, then Sh- Philip leaves and Sean gets cornered again by Noel saying, "Oh, I thought this wasn't a, so- a social gathering. How come you can talk to your dad?" He's like, "Talking business. Oh yeah, like buying your mom some flowers." And then, of course, Liz brings Liz calls in and says, "Hey, Sean, you know everything's worked out." And Sean's trying to like act cool in front of Noel, and he completely bypasses the whole. Inf- the fact that uh, Liz is like, hey, man, are you going to follow through with your plans? Yeah, got to change reservations and do stuff. And he's, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Before Philip li- leaves, he also has to remind Sean that he has red on him. So Sean goes to go buy flowers. And that's when he sees, again, like you were saying, that, z- that zombie is in the park across the street, kind of like stumbling around, and the bus drives by. And that great, you know, the great cliche shot, the vehicle drives by, the person in the background is now gone. 
don't know where he went. Um, He's hanging on the side of the bus, probably. He does. And then he, he meets uh, the character of Yvonne. He'll, he'll meet two more times in the film, an old acquaintance. And if you notice in the background of that scene, there's ambulances going off. Mm-hmm. And all this, all this ruckus. And we think it was just normal, everyday, just hey, ambulances go out. That's what they do. But a call to the apocalypse that's impending. Mm-hmm. Finally gets a hold of Liz. And she's like, oh, it's all set up then, right? He's like, yeah, no. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't go to the, to the. I think it's their anniversary or something. It was. I think it was just something besides the Winchester. Yeah, that and was the whole point. And he's fucked it up. He fucked it up. He, he totally forgot. And so Liz is like, I'm not, no, we're done. So he right, runs over to Liz's place and he he tries to have a, this, this uh, um, well, he tries to make make amends, but she's just not having it. And also, that David's conver- the conversation he has with with David, David mm-hmm. and and uh, what's the, what's the, I forget uh, the, his girlfriend, whatever her name is. She's kind of a background character. Yeah, she um, I have it written down. Hang on a second. Um, Diane. There you go. So when Sean goes to Liz's Liz's place to try to make amends, you know, of course she's fucking pissed off with him because all these promises that Sean's been making to her. He doesn't follow through. Mm-hmm. He follows short. Story of his life. Story of his life. And, you know, she runs off. She walks away. And then David and Diane are, be- are behind. Behind Sean. And fucking this David guy's a fucking royal prick. Yeah, he's just being a complete asshole. Because he's secretly in love with Liz. And, yeah, and Sean calls him on it. Mm-hmm. And he, David tries to play it off. But we can all, we can see, we can read Diane's face and mm-hmm. know that she, she knows this, she knows what the real deal is. For sure. And then uh, Liz finally makes makes the move, and she cuts Sean. She she cuts him loose, and uh, and good on her. You know she did the right thing mm-hmm, for, uh, sure. for self respect reasons. For you know tired of being disappointed constantly. And then we go to the we go to the back to the Winchester. Sean is drowning his sorrows away, and there's old Ed trying to uh, console him. Poorly, poorly. And we get quite literally the Chekhov's gun with the with the Winchester rifle <laughs> hanging over the over the bar. You know that plays a part later. Um, what do you think about this scene after Sean's trying to pick up the pieces? Um, I thought it was interesting. You know, you needed that part of the character arc. You needed him to hit rock bottom before he could start to come back and change things. So I think it was necessary. And uh, you know, I like how. In this scene, Ed's trying to cheer him up, but he keeps so he keeps like pointing out all the interesting characters in the bar, right? And they all come back. If you notice, everyone that he points out to makes an appearance later on. Mm-hmm. The cockasidal maniac, the former porn star, <laughs> <laughs> and like the, the snake hips, snake lips, the guy with the boots on. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, John, the owner of the bar. And uh, did, did, have you ever been in a, in a lock-in in a bar? Which what kind of what they set up? I don't think so. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. I, I I imagine you just sit and you drink more booze right. without being able to get out. Yeah. I just... I guess there's something <clears> I don't know appeal. if it was a draw. I never did that as a kid either. Like, you know, kids would have lock-ins when you were a kid at, like, the roller skating rink or, yeah, I don't know, wherever. I just, just never... I meant more, like, I know, like, in, in some sort of, like, pubs in, in Europe, they'll they'll do those as, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, in Ireland, they have a big thing where they'll, they'll lock people in and it's just, like, no one's allowed to go in or come out. Seems and, like an uncomfortable place to get drunk and sleep. Yeah, I just don't see the purpose behind it. Yeah. If anyone can speak more on that, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all ears. But I like the the you know the final 
bit of dialogue that Ed's that it has to try to cheer up Sean is it's timed so well. You know, it's like, I'm not going to bombard you with cliches and more fish in the sea, but I'll say this, it's not the end of the world. You know what we should do tomorrow? Keep drinking. We'll have a Bloody Mary first thing. Or a bite of the king's head, a couple of the little princess. We'll stagger back in. Back at the bar for Sean's. How's that for a slice of fried gold? No. Come on, man. Talk to me. She said if she stayed with me, she'd end up coming in here every night for the rest of her life like these sad old fuckers, drinking herself to death, wondering what the hell happened. That is harsh. These are rich, interesting characters. Like who? Stay Gibbs. Always surrounded by women. He's a bigamist. Strangled his first wife with a draft excluder. And he invented the mobile disco. What about her, then? Cockicidal maniac. <laughs> she's an ex-porn star. She's done it all. They so say she starred in the world's first interracial arc on Luton. Café Olé. What about John, then? The North London Mafia. It's true, Big Al says so. Yeah, well, Big Al also says dogs can't look up. Andy with a blade, gruff demeanor, Bernie the trophy wife. He's connected. Why do you think there's a rifle above the bar? Because the pub's called the Winchester. Exactly. <laughs> See? You don't need Liz to have a good time. Oh, I don't, man. No. Why, look at me. Can I just say one more thing? I'm not going to say, you know, there's plenty more fish in the sea. I'm not going to say if you love her, let her go. And I'm not going to bombard you with cliches. But what I will say is this. Well. And so, anyway, they, they they get out of the Winchester to go home, and I like that one little beat, the little no, whatever song they're singing. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I mean, we see that couple in the background, and they're <laughs> they were making out before they went into the bar, and now they're out of the bar, and now she's a zombie, and she's chewing the guy's head off, and, but it's all in the background. And again, they are still oblivious mm-hmm. to everything, and that one scene where the zombies. A good shot is composed in such a way where Sean and, and Ed are on the th- little thirds in the background pushed away as the zombie, and they're like, dibba, 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 dibba. And it groans. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Famous shot from the trailer, if I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was. <clears throat> it, really, it really was good at selling this film as like a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, get higher, baby. Ah, get higher, girl. Ah! Dibba, 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 and so what so what happens next we we go home we go home and we see these guys are still partying take, they're taking the party home and uh we meet pete again and he's fucking furious so it's four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm gotta work tomorrow but what do we notice about Pete this time? He's got his hand bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Pete got bit by a zombie. Call that foreshadowing. But see, here's what I don't understand about that scene. Because he got mugged on his way home, mm-hmm. was his explanation. <clears throat> but prior to, in the beginning of the, of the day, when Sean goes off to the, to the shop, he sees Pete in his car. So Pete drives home, and or drives to work and presumably drives home. When mm-hmm. did he have time to get mugged? Yeah. In the parking lot, presumably. 
I guess. Um, and then Ed says that line, next time I see him, he's dead. And sure enough, yep. I like how every bit of dialogue, it seems every every line is punctuated and has a purpose behind it and either ties to something later or tie, calls back to something from before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's the way to do it. You know, if you're going to continue, if you're going to do those movies and be interesting and make the characters change and grow and adapt, having those callbacks is so great, you know. And it starts from the first scene and, and brings it all the way back. Like you said, with the, the Winchester gun in the actual Winchester. Yes. You know. Yes. Don't scratch it. Album I ever bought. It's four in the fucking morning. It's Saturday. No, it's not. It's fucking Sunday. And I've got to go to fucking work in four fucking hours because every other fucker in my fucking department is fucking ill. Now, can you see why I'm so fucking angry? Fuck yeah. Hey, oh, Pete, look, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. We just, we've had a couple of drinks. We split up with Liz tonight. Just keep it down, yeah. Freak. What was that? Nothing. No, 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 come on, stop it, we're friends. He's not my friend, he's a fucking idiot. What's that supposed to mean? It means, why don't you fuck off? You want to live like an animal? Go live in a shed, you thick fuck. Oh, leave him alone. Stop defending him, Sean. All he ever does is hold you back. Or does it make your life easier having someone around who's more of a loser than you are? What's that supposed to mean? You know what I mean. I assume it was Liz who did the dumping. Sort your fucking life out, mate. What's up with your hand, man? I got mugged on the way home from work. By a... I don't know, some crackheads or something. One of them bit me. Why did they bite you? I don't know. I didn't stop to ask them. No. I've got a splitting headache, and your stupid hip-hop isn't helping. And the front door is open again! It's not a hip-hop. It's an electro prick. Next time I see him... Dead. Sean goes to Sean passes out in the kitchen, and if I guess there's a hard push focus on the little whiteboard, he writes a note for, for, for sober Sean to read later, and it's get life back together, get mm-hmm. Liz back, everything, but right, get right. life back together. And <clears throat> I think I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but when it says get life, like life is like life won't be so precious and prominent soon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. I guess I'm just really reading into it too much. <laughs> Stop me if I'm going off the deep end a little bit. We're getting into uh, the conspiracy theories of Sean of the Dead. We are. Um, and then we have this uh, great next scene. It's daytime. And Sean goes to repeat his um, uh, ritual of going to the shop. But everything's a little off. A little bit different. And still doesn't notice what's going on. And it's uh, another great one-shot take as well. Right. And... He sees like the the, the beggar still out there, but you know, the beggar is kind of limping towards him. He goes into the shop after people are whizzing by him, right, running down the street. No new newspapers, and I like when he goes to open up the the, the door to the to the coke display, and there's a blood handprint, and he slips. Yep. And he slides on the floor a little bit, yep. totally oblivious. Yep. Not paying any attention whatsoever. Hungover. That's, how? That's such a smart way to do to to show an entire catastrophe with. Minimal dialogue. Yep, just in that same shot that they did earlier. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, out on the street and then into a shop and then back. And, and the whole world has changed. <laughs> Everything's different. And, um, and he gets he gets back home 
he's watching TV, and you remember, you remember that it's like a supercut. He's flipping through the channels and all the dialogue. Yeah, it's all the same. Judgment Day, The Dead Are Rising, people are being eaten, showing a bunch of different uh, shows. But the dialogue all runs together into a cohesive story. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, that was that was good. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. There's as an increasing number of reports of serious attacks on people who are literally being eaten alive. A witness reports are sketchy. One unifying detail seems to be that the attackers in many instances appear to be dead excited to have with us here a sensational chart-topping or ideological connection between those committing the atrocities and perhaps more alarmingly... There's a girl in the garden. It's like... It's kind of perplexed because he's looking outside and he sees a Mary. We don't know it's Mary yet. We see bright, you know, and some woman in the backyard. You know, and they leave, they leave the front door open, which is one of was one of Pete's like axes to grind against the two of them because they always leave the door open. Mm -hmm. um, they go outside, and before they go outside, they uh, the news report says removing re removing the head or destroying the brain. And they're like, that's what the fuck? Yeah, what are you talking about? Um, and so they have this great scene with the records. What's your, uh, well, no, before I, I'm getting ahead of myself because they, they see Mary. Yep. And they think he, she's, she's drunk and, and Sean pushes her and she falls over and she pushes herself up off, off the grass. Yeah. She gets impaled on a stake and that's when they realize things have gone terribly wrong. <laughs> I, I liked, uh, the, the nuanced. I don't know if it's like a British thing, but like the nuanced comedy of Ed winding back the camera. To take yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that, was that really cracks funny. me up every time. I love that their first thought of like attacking the two zombies and trying to, you know, sever the head and brain is throwing records at them. Yeah, like I don't know what 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 the mechanics were there in, in their processes, thought processes of like how is this going to actually be effective. Um, well, I see the one break on the big guy. It kind of sticks to his cheek, but it doesn't really do right. anything. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that's when they realized that was ineffective. Technically, ineffective. Um, and so then they uh, they resort to breaking open the shed. They find the cricket bat and the shovel, and so they, they take care of their uh, of their uh, two first encounters with the zombie, and then they leave the door open. Um, well, no, before that happens, the, the zombie walks in the front door because they're dumbasses. They left the front door open, right? And Ed smashes him with an ashtray. You know how there's the cliches in, in zombie movies where you don't say the word zombie? Right, right, right. And they kind of play to that a little bit when uh, Sean's peeping out through the mail slot at them at, at, outside. And Ed's like, are there any zombies out there? He's like, don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Why not? I can see it. I can see it. It's just outside. Any zombies out there? Don't say that. That. What? That. The Z word. Don't say it. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. All right. Are there any out there, though? Can't see any. Maybe it's not as bad as all that. Oh, no. There they are. That first zombie kill was pretty uh, blasé, too. How, how do you mean? I mean, they just kind of like, they just murdered them. Yeah, very quickly, it just went right to it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, 
how would you react though if you saw this guy walk in? Yeah, right. Exactly. You got to. You got to. You just smash their brains in with a cricket bat. I mean, that's that's the move. Just the go-to. That's just the go-to move. That's why I keep a cricket bat in my living room. <laughs> and so they get into the keep Pete's uh, zombie Pete now, as it were. Sean discovers Pete is no longer who he was. He's a zombie, and they run over to go get a uh, the whole the whole quick cut again is, is returned to form. We have. Um, Sean go, rat, going through, cycling through the possible scenarios. Uh, oh, we could take mom here. No, 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 no. We could go get Liz and, and, and then get mom. And then, no, 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 no. Then we got to go and go to the Winchester. That's right. And, and then it always comes back to the Winchester. Wait for this whole thing to blow over. So, what's the plan? Right. We take Pete's car, we drive over to mom's, we go in. Take care of Philip. I'm so sorry, Philip. Then we grab Mum, we go over to Liz's place, pull up, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Why have we got to go to Liz's? Because we do. She dumped you. I have to know if she's all right. Why? Because I love her. All right, gay. I'm not staying there, though. Why not? If we hole up, I want to be somewhere familiar, I want to know where the exits are, and I want to be allowed to smoke. Okay. Take Pete's car, go round Mum's, go in, deal with Philip, sorry, Philip, grab Mum, go to Liz's, pick her up, bring her back here, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Perfect. No, 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 wait, we can't bring her back here. Why not? Well, it's not exactly safe, is it? Mm, yeah, the state of it. Where's safe? Where's familiar? Where can I smoke? Take car, go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! attempt to reach loved ones and avoid all physical contact with the assailants. You believe everything you hear on TV? You notice the uh, the connection with his mother's name, Barbara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, Night of the Living Dead, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the same lines. Mm-hmm. Well, you're coming to get Barbara, you. Barbara, we're coming to get you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're coming to save you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of callbacks. The same Winchester rifle was used in the Night of the Living Dead. Was it? Mm-hmm. Well, not the exact same one, but the same model. It could have been the same one. I don't know. I don't but, know. Doubtful, but same kind of same kind of Winchester rifle. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, you know Sean. They get Sean and Ed get over to Mom and Philip's house. They drag. They finally get them out. You know, there's this quick moment where I like how uh, Sean Sean's still being infantile, immature a little bit about his dealings with Philip. How he used to how he called him a motherfucker. Right. <laughs> Starting to exhibit growth though. And I think it really plays a part when you know they uh, um, they run back, they run out to uh, they get Philip gets bitten, but Philip uh, Philip his mom Sean and Ed go to Liz's and they grab up they sweep up Liz Diane and and uh, um, David mm-hmm. and you know Philip's dying they're all crammed in the car Sean's pissed off Ed's driving like a maniac and 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 Philip's trying to have this really tender moment with with Sean. Mm-hmm. As he's slowly dying from a zombie bite. 
But I think that's something that's very important for Sean's character development because Philip sure. is is saying, you know, I've always loved you as a son, and he always tried to like Philip had always tried to be that he tried to be that character, that father figure for for Sean, and and it, you could see in that moment Sean's really looking at him with a, a renewed sense of 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 love and understanding and appreciation, mm-hmm. like he took Philip for granted. You know, yeah. he was too busy trying to rebel that he didn't understand that Philip was really trying to help him out. I think that's important for a lot of young men, I feel, who who come from a broken home and have this father figure, um, the stepfather who's coming in and dictating and telling you, not saying every stepfather ever is great, but like, I mean, a lot of stepfathers try to fill by giant shoes in development and love role, loving role of a father for kids that aren't their own. Yeah, for sure. And um, what do you think about that scene? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a sweet scene punctuated by the humor and horror of all the things that are happening around them. You For know, sure. It's, uh, it's fun to watch. Uh, Bill Nye does a great job. But also, I think it's important that his character dies for, you know, what happens next. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> um, what regard do you mean? Uh, well, just the fact that, you know, we're, we have to... Anyone can be bitten, so we have to leave our loved ones behind and, and march forward. It kind of sets the standard that the, nobody's safe. Yeah, and, and um, I think every cliche from a zombie movie that came out prior to this was, I think they, they threw it in here somewhere. They yeah, thro- somewhere. They wove it in and, 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 and you know, shoehorned it in somehow just to make the point. I still don't actually understand why we are going to the Winchester. Because it's a pub, it's safe, it's secure. I know it's there. What makes it so secure? Because it's got big heavy doors and, and dead bodies. You've been to a lock-in. Several. And there's a rifle above the bar. I would think that's deactivated. Surely. It's not, I'm telling you. John's connected, Big Al says so. Yeah, well, Big Al also says dogs can't look up. They can't. Oh, can they? No, they can't. Of course they can. Are you sure? Yes, I'm, look, I'm... the pub is the right place to go, OK? Everything is going to be fine, I promise. Sure. I turned it off, all right? It's, it's not easy. What? Being a father is not easy. What? You were 12 when I met you. Already grown up somewhere. I just wanted you to be strong and, and not give up because you lost your dad. Philip, you don't have to explain, huh? No, I, d- I do. I, I always loved you, Sean. And I always thought you had it in you to, to do well. And you just need motivation, somebody to look up to her I thought it could be me. Just take care of your mum. There's a good boy. <laughs> Ed, can you pull over? Two seconds. Oh, oh, Ed, oh. please pull over. Four. Ed, just pull over! information everybody is not all right what's wrong mum it's philip he's gone where's he gone mummy's dead no he isn't <sighs> Get us! Get us! Oh. i like when philip's found a zombie and they all they brush out of the car and they have still have the, the table like that rock music very loud rock music playing and zombie flow yeah Turns it off. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, one of the first. Uh, it's also another point they make later on. But uh, one of the first like displays that these may not be your typical brain dead zombies. You know, there may be a spark of them. 
left behind in that shambling corpse. Yeah, a little bit of personality, <clears throat> yep. um, you know, not quite escaped. And then they run to, we get our second meeting with Yvonne from before, an old friend of Sean. And I like the uh, the dual, the mirror image of her group, her party, and Sean's group. Yeah, fucking uh, Martin Freeman's in that scene. Martin Freeman, he plays Declan. The... Does he even have a line? No. Yeah, he's he just there. He's just Martin Freeman. He just hanging out in it. At that time, I, when I saw this movie the first time, I had no idea who Martin Freeman was. Right, me either. And I going was... back and watching it two days ago, I was like, oh shit, that is Martin Freeman. Yeah. Just, it also has a little, a little bit role in um, uh, Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah, you're right. Beginning. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Well, he's, he's probably done well for himself, I Yeah, feel. a little bit. You could say that. Mm-hmm. Those Hobbit movies probably paid pretty well. Oh, man, but were they great to watch? I don't know. No, they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. No. This movie's also uh, staccatoed with little comedic beats that are just like, I don't know if they like wrote this out ahead of time or they just were on set and decided, let's just throw this See? in here, what too. I and what I mean by that is that. the next over scene where they're, they're on foot and in the backyard. And Sean is trying to see the, the closest clear. He climbs up on the kid's ladder. Mm-hmm. And you don't really go with Sean. You kind of just watch his feet. And he comes back down. like, yep, they're still... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really funny. Filmed I, well. Yeah, that was good. Um, that was good. Um, they get to the Winchester, and Ed, fucking Ed, man. The dude's phone goes off. It's not turned off. It's not on silence. Get it together. Like, it's the zombie apocalypse. He answers the call. Sorry, hey. man, don't have any weed. <laughs> it's the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but, like, it's, Sean, Sean has to have this stern heart-to-heart with him, like, you fucking dumbass. Like, you can really see, like, Sean's really trying to, like, Turn, take a corner and accept the role thrust upon him as his in, de facto leader of his group right. and, Sean, and uh, Ed, excuse me, is mucking it up as as Ed's status quo uh, leads him to do. And so Sean runs off for the safety of the group, runs off to leads the herd away so they can get into the Winchester. David breaks the window, exposing them, but not that they weren't already pretty, right. pretty out in the open. <clears throat> And then uh, he, go, he comes back, you know, after David has a bit of a meltdown inside the Winchester. Because he's, I think they're all super stressed. They're freaking out. Yeah. It's the end of the world. And David, I think David's, I think, I know people who would be like a David in that scene. Oh, for sure. Her, uh, um, who, um, you know, he he's projecting all of his fears everywhere else. Because he doesn't understand. He, he was, he, he's like, we're fine in the apartment and in, in the flat why do we have to come here like, i get it I, I get that he's pissed off and he's upset and i don't know yeah it makes sense it's still fun to watch him die though. oh yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so you know david after he has his bit of a tantrum sean returns and i like the scene where uh it comes after he comes back and everyone's happy to see him and blah 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 and which is a marked difference to how people have viewed him most of the time he appears for most of this movie. You know, it yeah. might be the first time that people are genuinely happy to see Sean. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it, not only did he, he do something heroic, but he, he did something heroic, selfless. Yeah, the and, selfless part's important. And he returned, he, he did. His mom and now ex-girlfriend are, are happy to see him. and He did what he said he was going to do. He followed through. Yeah. And, uh, wow. <laughs> right and yeah. uh, it's it's again a really great character arc. And I think that um, you know not to Sean's 
not to his fault, he didn't anticipate the herd following him all the way back to the back door of the Winchester. Right. And uh, I like how he just kind of subtly pulls the shade down when he knows that they're all outside. <laughs> well, I don't know what he expects to happen, but I feel like these kind of zombies, if they don't know you're there, they can't see you, they won't, but they do. They still pursue. Yeah, they, I think they still perceive you, too. Like, they never really explain the rules. Uh, it's not like one of those clearly defined zombie movie rules where you understand what the zombies are and are not capable of. They never really define that, so, I mean... Which is kind of nice because they're not... doesn't put boundaries. Right. On, yeah. on the zombies. Um, so Sean's like, oh, I gave him a slip. Or so he thought. Right. And then he says his one great quote. He, he's quoting a guy, I forget his name. But he says the uh, the only thing that can redeem mankind is cooperation. Again, great a, a great quote. And it's, again, it's out of character thus far of what Sean is seemingly capable of. Right. And that's the whole point is he's finding his capabilities and he's finding his uh, a purpose in his drive. And I think his purpose is I feel responsible for my life, the lives of my mom, everyone else, everyone, that, my best friend, everyone that he cares about. And so like his, him leaning into this leadership role is, he does it kind of well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, unexpectedly for both the audience and himself. And I think you kind of buy it. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the, the the dire circumstances surrounding his development are enough of a buy-in for me. Yeah. Where I can yeah. like I can, I'm I'm along <clears throat> for the for the ride for it. And then um, they load up the Winchester, and we have this great scene where again another callback to the video games. Yep. Where earlier he was like uh, shoot left, reload. Yeah. You know, right and corner, and they repeat the same dialogue when they're shooting the zombies. Yeah, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. And then um and then David. You know, we, it, it's revealed that Sean's mom reveals to Liz that she has a bite. And there's this really tender moment between her and Liz. And they've never met until right. today. Yeah. And she's like, but she can see, even though Liz is broken up now with Sean, that Liz still cares about Sean. And, like, and you know, moms know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she hands it's a good over, mom moment. It is. She hands over the, the necklace that Sean's real father gave to her to Liz to have. And she knows she's her days are not, her right. minutes are numbered. Right. But when she finally turns, you know, of course, Sean loses it. And even Ed has a moment where you, there's a shot of Ed's cutaway to Ed's face. He's, you can tell he's really upset. Yeah. And it's one of the few genuine moments of Ed. I'm like, this dude's not a complete scumbag. He's yeah. a complete mess of a guy. And then we're, here comes David. All of a sudden, Mr. Pacifist wants to wield the gun and shoot Sean's mom. And I get it because, you know, there's two. There's, I approach this two ways. One, he... I think deep, there's a deep-rooted resentment for Sean. Sure. And by connection, his mother. But also, David's very selfishly scared for himself. And he, he knows very well that if the zombie returns, she'll kill everybody. Right. It just happens to be Sean's mom. And it's just it's set up such a great way where Sean finally snaps. And says, like, motherfucker, I knew you never liked me. Blah, 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 blah. And then... We finally get Diane finally comes out and says, "Look, look, David. I know you always love Liz." And Sean calls him out. Everyone calls him out, and Dave was just—I don't know why he was so reluctant to just accept the fact, right, that the truth was out there. <clears throat> like, dude, it's—it's yeah. it, it's all good, man. Yeah, we get it. For Christ's sake! She's gonna come back. She's not going anywhere. Well, she'll change. She's my mom. She's a zombie. Don't say that. Move aside. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three! Don't find that gun in my mouth!
Sean, calm down! Don't point that gun at Barbara! And don't exacerbate things! What does that mean? This isn't exactly fair. Yeah. It's okay. Please, can we just stop and think about this? Tell him to put the gun down! Look, Lizzie, she's gonna change. You know I'm right. And when she does, she'll come back and she'll kill all of us. That's what your ex can't seem to realize. That's what this is about, isn't it? It's just, it just, he doesn't like me. He's always hated me and now he wants to shoot my mom. She's not. You never thought I deserved her, that I was good enough. What are you talking about? Oh, come on, we all know you're in love with Liz. That is not true. Yes, it is. That is not true. Yes, it is. What? I know you only hung out with me at college to get close to Liz, and when she knocked you back, I was there to pick up the pieces. I've come to terms with that, Das. Why can't you? Lizzie, I want you to know that my feelings for you have always been essentially... David, please, there are slightly more pressing matters at hand here. Yeah, like the fact that Daphs is pointing a gun at my mum. I'm not the one who's being unreasonable, Pico. For Christ's sake, she's not dead. She's finished. For a hero, you're quite a hypocrite. You're the one that's gone from being a chartered accountant to Charlton Heston. I'm not a chartered accountant. Well, you look like one. Yeah. I'm a lecturer. You're a twat. Yeah. She's not your mum anymore. In a minute, she'll be just another zombie. Don't say that! We're not using the Z word! Please, can we just calm the fuck down? Now, I can see what David is trying to say. Thank you, Lizzie. Even if he is being a twat. John. John, look at me. I can't begin to imagine how hard this must be for you. But we can't afford to fall apart. Sean, babe, I know you don't want to hear this. kind of funny how after they um sean has to reluctantly shoot his own mother he punches david and david tries to shoot sean like i think just david was lost in the heat of the moment yeah yeah yeah. and uh thankfully it wasn't reloaded or jammed or whatever whatever happened it stopped it from going off and shooting sean like well how was that going to help anybody right you know but one of those you know heat of the moment kind of things yeah you could hear the click and and then what does david do they was like well let me get out of this situation. I guess leaving and facing the zombies is way better of yeah. an option. So than being embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. yeah he, again, he's a victim of his own pride. And yeah, so, so he runs out the, the front door, I think? No, he doesn't even run out any door. He stands next to the window. And the oh, that's right. They grab him. Burst through. And, yeah. So it, means, it stands to reason that these zombies have a uh, some sort of sense of, of awareness. And they can still like look through glass. And they can, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Function. No, there. Smell us somehow. So Sean or David gets pulled out, gets ripped to shreds. It's fun. I, I actually love that scene. That's a good scene. It's a good scene. His legs, all his appendages get ripped off. His guts are strewn. Oh my god, it's so yeah, it's gross. Pretty rough. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. But 
And then Diane runs out. She's the one who runs out. She grabs his that's leg right, and starts right. beating off all the zombies with the leg. And So the behind the scenes is actually revealed that she lives through that. Oh, shit. She gets through all the crowd and she climbs up into a, into a tree and waits it out. Hmm. Um, I, think it's, I think it's better off just to assume she dies. Yeah, for sure. You never see her again, so yeah. you just don't really know. And then the pub just collapses. They come in. The, they break through the back, the glass door into the back. And then, of course, they come through the windows in the front. And then Ed, Liz, and Sean are, are cornered. And then, of course, Pete comes back. Dead Pete comes back, and he he, he bites uh, he bites uh, Ed. Liz and Sean, you know, they, they get the hide behind the bar. They set it on fire. They make their way down below into the cellar of the pub. And Ed's with them, too. We get a tender moment again between Ed and Sean yeah. where I so think cute. they finally, re- like... <clears throat> I, it seems like Sean, you know, Sean had an honest moment with himself how Ed, what Ed was doing to him, and Ed finally understands that he was been kind of he has been kind of a burden for Sean, right? And he's like, "I'll just hold you back." And so they kind of like put their heads together, kind of have this, you know, touching touching bromant, bromant for sure. And <laughs> I was like, "You better be off," you know, and and uh, what did he say? So he, he's going to just. Hang around. Just, just going to hang out and, and and yeah, take a rest or something. I don't remember what he says exactly. But he's basically sacrificing himself to the zombies so they can get away. Because they're breaking through the door <clears throat> yep. to the cellar. Yep, yep. And, um, Hodor. <laughs> Hodor. <laughs> and he's like, cheers. And, of course, the uh, Liz and Sean, they come up the, uh, I guess, the the, the, the the service elevator that brings the, the stuff for the for the bar. Yeah, outside, I think. And uh, leads them outside. And, the, of course, the, the deus ex machina of the big trope in every zombie movie when the military or the, the armed militia, whoever, comes... Saves the day. Comes, saves, save, saves the day. And... Um, it turns out to be Yvonne, right? John, Yvonne's in the, in the... She's in the mix. Yep. And she made it out and brought the army back to save them. Mm-hmm. And then we're, now we're at the denouement of, of the film... So great. Yeah, I, I like how this film wraps up because it's such a great conclusion. It 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 wraps up so beautifully. You know, Noel, you get a little prick service boy Noel. No, Noel is seen again. He's pushing carts around. Um, he's zombified, right? He's zombified. <clears throat> but been been proven that the the dead can at least retain some semblance of their humanity and can remember what they did in the past. So they put them to work. Yeah, it's free labor. Which is interesting. It's such a very British way to do things. You know what I mean? And you never really see uh, the conclusion, the aftermath of the zombie apocalypse. Um, the most recent remake of Day of the Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead uh, in the mall? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, great film. Really great downer ending. But again, another, another one of those films you never really see, like, the ultimate ending. And it turns out that the British were just like, well, now we have free labor, I guess, so... They make, the best, work. they make the best of a shitty situation. Yeah, I guess so. So Sean is still living in his old place. Liz is there now. Pete's dead. Pete's dead. Pete, Pete's gone bye-bye. Sean shoots him in the head in the bar. It, they're flipping to the news again. It's hard to catch, but the news report's talking about um, the rage-infested monkey being the reason for the outbreak. And it's, it's found to be rubbish. It's disproven, which is definitely springing in the face of 28 Days Later, right. which came out a year earlier. Right. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought so, too. There's uh, a lot of callbacks to other zombie movies in this movie. And then he's like, I'm going to pop in the garden for 
now he's not wait now he's taking sugar with his tea which he wasn't doing before that's right lots of changes and uh he's, he's, which they just introduced in subtle ways you know yeah very very subtly very very calmly and casually and now we have the ed shed yep there's a shed in the backyard with zombified ed chained up inside of it playing video games which is again a throwback a callback to pete when he's ranting at them he's like go live in the shed yep thick fuck yep and there he is living in the shed perfectly content though he's so funny time of his life yep playing video games and uh oh man it's really movies i love his fucking movies yes they conclude with another broman of the two of them playing video games together zombified ed can still rock that uh time splitters too man i wonder how did he get ed to the shed where did he ever find him because there were so many zombies there i mean what were the odds that the military didn't kill him i mean there's just so many so many things but it works out beautifully who knows it, it does it so great <laughs> such a great film it's nice to see that the hero's journey concludes after all of that horror and tragedy with mm-hmm. you know the happily ever after yeah and you know it's i think the full the full um the full scope and scale of the story is you know is obviously Sean and Sean's Sean of the dead the dead is really what he was living in already right Exactly. The dead was was he had nothing to do with the zombies. Sean was already dead in the water, and the zombies are just great, just backdrop and great MacGuffin, kind of pushing Sean's arc forward, thrusting him into this situation that he has to make <coughs> decisions he would never contend with in his normal day to day operations. Yep. Um, so let's talk about some things here. Let's talk about the um, how many zombie zombie movies have you have you think oh, you've most seen? Of them. Most of them, yeah. And where does Shaun of the Dead shake out? Oh, it's, uh, for me, top five of all of my favorite zombie movies, and, for sure. And here's my question: Why? I think because it was the first one that brought humor to it. And I think the humor—I mean, it was certainly horrible, like the scene that you were talking about where David dies. You know, it's not like they shy away from the violence, but I think the uh, the added humor is what makes this movie because it's just so damn funny. Yeah, and I, I like how they both, and Sean, they both parodied but respected the lore that came prior to for sure in this in this genre of this specific subgenre of zombies. I think a lot of these horror films are, especially zombie horror films, are, are manifestations of a, a, like a, a, a cultural issue or a cultural crisis in how we interpret them, like. Um, the original Dawn of the Dead was about consumerism, right? And Night of the Living Dead was about racial profiling and social injustice. And I think even this film, Shaun of the Dead, I think this film still has, you know, it's attacking, not attacking, it's 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 bringing to light those people who have this stuck, dead end, ambitious, ambitionless life, and it's never too late to turn it around. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's interesting. That's probably how the two uh, the two films that we've talked about connect. You know, Rapid Fire had the same thing with its uh, lead police detective who felt directionless and useless. Mm-hmm. And we saw the same thing with one of the main characters in this movie, too. So there we go. That's my tying them together. It's, it's yeah. You talk about the, the hero arc. And there's so many, like, I think, um, uh, what's his name? He, he created Community and he makes Rick and oh, Morty. Yeah. Uh, Dan Harmon. There you go. Dan Harmon. Community had, is such a great show. Oh, my God. Well, Dan Harmon was talking about <clears> the... Like he, he has like he's like a graph of the hero journey, and it's a little bit different 
than your traditional hero arc of all, all the old literature. It breaks down a little bit. That's why Rick and Morty's done so well and why Community had did so well when Dan Harmon was still running the show. Yeah. And I think that's why Edgar Wright, as a filmmaker, and he and uh, uh, Simon Pegg as, as writers do so well because there's so many nuanced things. There's so many different motivators behind every action. It feels like nothing's being wasted. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no need to cut something short or add two because it's been perfectly placed to push the next part of the story to yep. where it needs to go. I agree. Like, Hot Fuzz is a completely different film as, as, for many, many reasons, obviously. But the arc in that story is nowhere near the same as the arc of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, and I think that's what makes the whole trilogy so interesting is because they're all such very different movies. And I, I look at Shaun of the Dead as... Um, like I spoke to a few people who were like weren't really fond of this movie, and I just wow, how could you not be? That was my question. I mean, I get it. You? Different strokes, different yeah, folks yeah, for yeah, sure. Guess, but um, come on, um, this movie made people's careers. It did, and I, but I think you know every there's every character that's introduced and and fleshed out in this movie is someone I can relate to, mm-hmm. or I I've met that person before for sure. Liz, who's pretty just pretty easygoing just like hey man like put some effort in yeah like sure. try a little bit yeah, i yeah. think you know i many girlfriends in my past have been that kind of the same way with me i'm like yeah so i see myself a lot in, sure. in sean's journey and i think a lot of i think a lot of not just young men but young people who you know maybe they they get out of school you know they join the workforce and life's not going the way they want it to and but you know what being in this rut is at least I know what this looks like. I'm yeah. comfortable. I, I'm not being asked too much of. I don't have all these expectations thrust upon me. It's kind of easy kind of just go with the flow. Yeah. But deep down, maybe you feel really jaded, upset, um, restless, and sad. And then we have this influx of like mental health problems and people just not... I'm kind of going to the weeds here a little bit, but... Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, though. And I feel like... Uh, you know, there's a lot of mirrors uh, to real life that you'll see in that too. You'll see in that movie, and you've convinced me that we need a zombie apocalypse in the real world. <laughs> Let's go ahead mission and change a, everything. Mission accomplished, guys. Yep. <laughs> Bring it on. I just need that to start my own hero's journey. <laughs> Bring on the zombies. Um, so, you know, going into the production of this film, um, you know, here at Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn, we, uh, we we break things out by uh, the blood is in my in my opinion my blood is the the story itself it's 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 what we're attracted to the sweat is the how they put the story together and presented it and the popcorn is how we internalize it digest it and and appreciate what we're seeing excellent and um, so from a production standpoint well, let's start with the story you know we talk about the hero's journey um, can you think of another film that mirrors or parallels Shaun of the Dead. So, like, what films remind you of Shaun of the Dead? Hmm, that's a good question. I I really think it kind of stands alone. I mean, I know we've seen attempts at the zombie humor <clears throat> genre, I guess, that they sort of invented with this film, but um, none of them come immediately to mind, and I think that speaks very highly about this movie and where it sort of sits in the pantheon of zombie movies. It's because it's so unique and because the the hero's journey is so well done and all the characters are so relatable that I'm I'm not sure there are other movies exactly like it. Yeah, it definitely has this ubiquitous theme that 
not every zombie movie has been able to 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 accomplish. I look at Shaun of the Dead, and I'm like, I see where they were pulling from, and they're pulling primarily from Romero's legacy yeah. and a few other um, a few other like cliches that have been cropped up since then, and also they're pulling from the British sensibilities, mm-hmm. which to an American audience. Um, while we can see the humor, the surface level of humor, we might not get the little underpinnings that are only British people can really appreciate. Right. The more uh, cross-decked our cultures get, we get to more of a mutual understanding of, of of why, like you said, like where an American film would end with everyone dying and everyone at a credits roll, tough shit. Right. This film's like. Well, you know, maybe we could just employ these sons of bitches. Yeah, we found a way to make it happy. <laughs> and not so bad yeah. after all, you know. I, I think it's it, it's a good. Uh, you said it earlier when you talked about how Night of the Living Dead, or excuse me, Dawn of the Dead, was about consumerism, and Night of the Living Dead was about you know the racism and uh, equal rights and whatnot. You know, those movies all <clears throat> were trying to say something to us about a particular thing, and I think this movie is much more personal, which is why it's much more watchable. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's it's where some people can see this film and see themselves, but I think everyone can watch this film and see someone else at the minimum, yeah. even if they don't want to internalize it and look at themselves just yet. If it's about if it fits the profile for their own lives, um, you make a good point. Whereas consumerism and the broader themes, which everyone can experience and see, feel free to step in any time. You do right. I didn't want to crap your style. If I were to find myself in a very successful position and job and everything, and I make lots of money, I still would have these moments of doubt and mm-hmm. uncertainty. And, um, you know, I'm able to, to still recognize myself as Sean or or Liz or even maybe David. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I, I lose my shit when I'm back into a corner. And I don't know how to how to react. I don't know how to approach the situation. And um, not that those character or tropes are not in other horror movies; they certainly are. But that's that's never been like the focus. The focus has always been on the the monster, yeah, the zombies. Yeah, yeah. You make a great, a great point with that. Oh, thanks. So I try every now and again to make a great point. Uh, but well, thanks. Done, you've done well. I think you know. I I think that my appreciation for this movie uh, increased a lot just hearing you talk about your enthusiasm for it because it brought to the forefront I think a lot of the things that I knew uh, about this movie on a deeper level that I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. since it's so surface level enjoyable uh, so yeah. yeah I appreciate that I thought it was good that was a yeah that's one of the charms of Edgar Wright's direction and him and Simon Pegg how they and how they write things because um, they're both a comedic team well he Edgar, Simon Pegg especially is very comedic driven and I think, you know, everyone agrees that laughter comes from pain. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, for sure. And I think they just, very they're very gifted in, in crafting other stories that really uh, speak to human, peop- human people. People universally. Uh-huh. Um, Agreed. I wonder um, if you were to, like, give me the wave top pitch. If you had to sell Shaun the Dead to somebody who had never seen it. Maybe they're apprehensive about horror or zombies or whatever. How do you think you would you would? Oh man, what's my elevator pitch for it? Uh, uh, you know, the feel good comedy of the year. Uh, 
that involves your friends and neighbors being torn apart by a zombie apocalypse? Uh, or, um, gosh, I don't know. I guess I would speak to the hilarity of it more than anything, because even if you don't get some of the deeper things, you're going to come out of this having had a good time. So I'd probably try to convince them of the humor factor. Yeah, because <clears throat> there's, yeah, the humor that threads throughout this film, and, they, and I like how they repeated some of the same beats in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Knowing full well it was the Shaun of the Dead audience coming to see Hot Fuzz. Yeah, that's like good payoff. So many like this this movie had so many callbacks to previous zombie movies, and then it's great how they in their careers were able to go immediately to the next movie and call back to the movie they just did. <laughs> and and it, they do it so well. Yeah, it's, it's so, so good, effectively done. Yeah, they um, made both of those men's careers, and to a lesser extent, Nick Frost. Yeah, I actually saw Nick Frost at Comic Con, or I'm, I'm sorry, Dragon Con, a couple cool. years ago. And um, have you seen Into the Badlands? No, he was there. He was on the panel about Into the Badlands. Yeah, he's great. Um, good show, by the but, way. Uh, that's what I hear. It's really good. It's worth watching. Uh, I want to say yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure they might have wrapped it up or might not because I haven't watched all of the last season. But if you've never seen it, watch the first episode. You'll get exactly what it's about. And if you enjoyed it, watch it. It's good. Nick Frist doesn't show up till like season three, I don't think. Okay. Well, he, well, he was at a panel talking – two different panels actually talking about Into the Badlands. And of course, though, he was, you know, he was at both panels. And Dragon Con is down in Atlanta. Have you mm-hmm. been to Dragon Con? I haven't been, but heard of it. It's, it's, it's like, I think it's like a tier step below Comic Con San Diego. It's very, it's boasts like over five hotel locations. It's got like, it's got a big following nice. now. That's cool. Um, and people were, were kind of just, you know, really, they like Into the Badlands, but they love. His, his work with yeah. Edgar Wright for sure Simon Pegg and it's a lot of Hot Fuzz stuff um, I think he might have done a Hot Fuzz panel I want to say maybe I can't recall exactly but I know Into the Badlands was still this is like a t- two years ago or so so that's when it was yeah. still more yeah. still fre- fresher you yeah. know and um, he's, he's a he's a charm to listen to like that's cool. him tell stories and stuff like uh, um, he's got so many and he speaks highly of you know his his rantings about the production of Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and rantings is not the best word but his recollections and he holds him, holds both those men in such high regard right um, and even the, the earlier work that they did on Spaced I never watched the show Spaced I couldn't really get into it it's okay yeah it's very 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 British it's exceedingly that's, British that's well <clears throat> fair enough yeah I mean if you thought this movie was British that's very British it's good though it's yeah. fun it's fun to watch um, what a what are some what was your uh, <clears throat> what are your um, biggest takeaways from Shaun the Dead? Like your be- your favorite parts? Your yeah, I mean, I I think the I think my favorite part of the whole movie was just really Shaun's relatable hero's journey, and uh, I really liked the mid parts where they're escaping from the zombies. <clears throat> they go to get mom and Philip, and the whole arc with Philip as his stepdad mm-hmm. kind of takes place. That's probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, although the end Winchester scenes are pretty great too. Yeah, I agree. I like. Um, I'm a stuck. I'm a sucker for emotional scenes. So I love the scene where Philip, as he's dying, kind of turns to Sean, and and like the scene with Ed and Sean at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I also like. <laughs> I also like the scene where John the. Um, Winchester's owner breaks out and he of, of the upstairs part of the Winchester 
and the Queen Queen song comes on. Oh yeah, that's right. Which they, has gone on to be in every friggin' movie since then. I think this was the first one to use "Having a Good Time" and, uh, by Queen. And they start beating him up with the pool cues. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really and fun. Ed, to the beat. Yeah, or Sean, yeah, that was good. <laughs> and Sean gets the dart in the head. Oh god, yeah, that's there's really there's so many little funny about that. This that's what I'm saying. There's so much. Yeah, it really is a, is a great movie from beginning to end. And that's the good thing about how they packaged both Sean of the Dead and Hot Fuzz is how you can. Always find something new every viewing. I, I, I always feel I do. Yeah. Maybe I don't, but I, I, it seems like I always do. And even with every little line of dialogue, like this last time I watched it, Liz's parents, Sean's asking her about it, and she, they're down in, in Antigua. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why they're not there. Right. And I'm like, oh, I didn't. The first 50 times I've seen this movie, I didn't catch that line of dialogue at all. Um, that's why I pay is to have the subtitles on, kids. Um, it's not just for old people. When it comes time to to revisit Shaun of the Dead, how, what's your what's your take on that? When it comes time to revisit to revisit it, yeah, um, I don't think there's ever a bad time to revisit it. I mean, this is one of those endlessly watchable movies that you could have in the background going on. You're always going to catch something different and always going to laugh at a funny joke. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's never a bad time. Yeah, it's it's still time. It still holds up today. Yeah, it's tremendous, and it's not necessarily set at any specific time and place. It's any decade. It could be anywhere. Exactly. British people are still going to be dry and funny, and zombies are still going to be horrible and awesome. <laughs> so let's. Well, if you have nothing else, um, I, I think I've said all I could say about this movie for the time being. I'm sure I could say more, but we won't be late with the point here. Um, <laughs> it's tremendous. Is it, the point? Yes. Um, <clears throat> what are your What are your uh, What's your rating for Shaun of the Dead? I mean, I gotta give it an A. I would give it a buy it. I mean. It's so hard to give any movie a, a flawless, so I would give it an A, for okay. sure. That's fair. Yeah. D- can I ask what's uh, what's? Not that I'm asking to give. I'm asking and in championing for Shaun of the Dead to get a perfect rating from you. But right, right, right. What, what would be? What would movie uh, need to do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe some parts of it were a little slow. Maybe, maybe the maybe the subplot about David could have been removed. Maybe. Again, this, I'm just kind of spitballing because it really is one of the best movies ever. I mean, as far sure. as zombie movies, it's in the top five for me. Yeah, I think of like flawless films. I think uh, going off the cuff here, like Goodfellas. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. I God, can't... Godfather, the first Godfather, or uh, the second Godfather, or Crawl. Crawl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell me more. Uh, nobody ever gets to talk Pitch about that crawl one to anymore. me. <laughs> this is a callback to Crawl. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Or what's that one movie with Trolls 2? There you go. <laughs> Hell, yeah. They're talking about some gold. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb here. I'm going to give it a flawless victory. I had a feeling you would, and I'm glad that you did because there's definitely an argument to be made for that. It's a great movie. And, again, it's all – it. everyone's uh, viewpoint is going to be different. I'm sure people will watch Shaun of the Dead and walk away like, you know what? I never want to see that again. And I'm sure there's people are out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the horror could have been a little strong for some. Yeah. Uh, like it could have been stronger, or wasn't, or was too strong. Too strong for some, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I think with David's death and um, yeah, that's pretty graphic. But yeah. what a great effect! Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Well, uh, well, folks, this has been Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I dig it. I definitely, Jack digs it yeah, as man, well. It's great. If you haven't seen it, there's no excuse. Yeah, it's it's available right now. It's on. Um, it's on Hulu, I think. No, I think it's on it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, there you go. So, or you could do what old people do and go buy it in the store on a disc and put it into your disc reading machine of 
whatever nature that might appear yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, go rent it. Go rent it on Redbox. Go on Redbox. Jesus Christ. Or it's on Voodoo or something. It's somewhere. It's out there, folks. It's worth a buy. It's worth a buy. You heard from Jack here, folks. Um, I would buy it again if I didn't already own it. There you go. Um, so this has been John. Um, thanks, guys, for stopping by, checking out my discussion with Jack about um, Shaun of the Dead, and I uh, hope to hear uh, your feedback on it and uh, let me know what you all thought. Um, any anything you want to pitch, Jack, before we get out of here? No, man, or, just uh, I really enjoyed um, being a guest here. Uh, I just wish you the best of luck with the show. I think you're doing a great job. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, folks, Till next time, we'll see you. Good times. What references did we miss? Drop us a line and chime in. Thanks again to Jack for taking the time to chat about this cult favorite with me. I uh, definitely appreciate it. Next week, my buddy Andrew sits at my table and we take a turn into some Hitman territory. That's going to span us about two episodes. Which ones will we discuss? Which films? Well, stay tuned and find out. If you haven't already done so, please follow and subscribe to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you hear podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and drop us a rating, give us some feedback, let us know how you're enjoying the show. Uh, Thanks again for stopping by, everyone. Until next time, take care, guys.